Hi, you are listening to episode 23 of the Playing Full Out podcast. If you are passionate about taking control of your future and know you have a lot within to unleash, but are still having trouble getting traction or you are feeling uninspired, it may be because you keep setting goals and projects which don't truly matter to you. In today's episode, I share one of my favorite exercises to make sure you're on track for your regret-free life. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. Hello there, friends. A few weeks ago, I had a training for my inner circle and the Plank Flock group on setting breakthrough goals. And as always, this training goes much beyond just the left brain goal setting structure, which most of us know how to do. Today, I want to share a very simple top level exercise with you to get you started on setting goals and creating a life that is regret-free and that your days follow it as well. We all know we live our days based on our weekly goals, based on our quarterly goals, which are based on our one-year vision, which may be based on a three-year vision, which is ultimately based on how we think we want to live and end our life. But even though we know how to do this, the majority of the world is never really set up and doing it this way. And I see that there's several reasons for this that we don't establish and set up breakthrough goals for ourselves. And I am going to list those three mistakes over the course of our next episodes and dismantle them. The first one that I really want to address today is simple. It starts at the top and it's really, I think, necessary to address at this time. Most set goals that don't have much meaning to them because they don't know what really matters to them. And maybe you say, well, I do know what matters to me, but that it's not being funneled all the way down so that it's aligned with how I'm living my daily life. Today, I'm going to share with you from the top floor looking down so that you can start designing that life specifically. I want to get you thinking about what matters most to you so you don't set goals that are meaningless and not aligned with what you want as the world opens up again. These are unprecedented times and they've created a lot of unprecedented opportunities if we're willing to see them. What I've concluded is that that we are in a new reality facing many new things. There's changing work environments, there's a changing economy, and that you have an opportunity to reset and reevaluate what you want for your business and for your life like you've never had. And this needs to be looked at for the next 10 to 20 years. If you don't and you keep reaching and reacting to the world, you will get to a place at the end of your life where you have a bunch of regrets. And what I'm seeing in my past conversations most recently is that there's a new question that's being asked. It goes beyond what was asked initially at the beginning of the pandemic, which was, how do I keep the train on the track? 
How do I keep moving? How do I survive? How do I keep standing? And now people know they have a lot within them to unleash. They know there's opportunity. They know they want to take control of their future. And I believe it's one of the beautiful backdoor gifts of this particular time. And that is the opportunity for people to look at what really matters to them. We may never get a better time in our adult life to do it than right now, to step back and reevaluate. And I thought I'd share this technique to discover that and help you uncover what that really is looks like. So this exercise comes from an author, and I'll share it with you in just a second, who I've really respected over the years, and he's written a couple books that I love. But one of them is in particular is where I started many years ago. When I ask people what matters to them, they often say that it's their family or their health or they're making a difference or they want to, you know, they care about their friends. But when they look at their schedule, what they notice is that their life doesn't really reflect that. And this is for most of us when we take an honest look at it. In the Playing Full Out Manifesto, which my team and I have created, we identify that living a life that's full is not about doing more, but instead doing more of what matters to you. It's not about acquiring more stuff. It's about more meaning. It's also not about working harder, but doing less better. And here's the deal. If you never stop to ask yourself what really matters to you, you will unconsciously organize your life around things that matter to other people, your parents or your mentors or your bosses and culture as a whole instead of what really matters to you. So often we don't stop to reevaluate if ever we do until there is some major upset to our systems. We have a loss of a job, there's a death, there's a burnout, a bottoming out. Human beings are motivated by pain, but we don't have to wait for that to happen. But many people are experiencing this right now. So I find backing up the bus or taking a couple steps back so we deliberately can go in to the life of our dreams is really important. It's, it's so easy to get lost in the doing. A big reason for this is that so many of us have been raised to believe that our worth is equal to our doing or equal to our accomplishments. This cannot be true if we believe that inherently we are good, that our worth is inherent. We don't have to earn it. No person is born more or less worthy than another person. I remember long ago when one of my first coaches said, do you realize that you could eat bonbons all day on the couch and it would not make you any worthy or more valuable, not less worthy or less valuable? That challenged me. I was like, whatever, that might be for you. And maybe that challenges you even as I say it. But notice, notice the resistance. That's how deep the cultural programming is that you are as good as your last result. And that you may even unwittingly use productivity as your badge of worthiness. I often speak to individuals who are successful or highly functioning, who think I should be more or have done more by now. Even when they've had personal wins and they've had great weeks or there's something to celebrate, they go back to, but I should have done more and I still, I should be further. In these moments, they miss a lot of good times. I remember specifically doing this when my first child was born and I was racing to get back to work and making sure that she didn't slow me down. 
I look at that time now and I think, what on earth did I think was so important to accomplish then that was worth not being present for her first few months of life? I was in a race. And when I finally sat down to ask what really mattered to me, it wasn't about being the highest achiever or being the highest earner, but that is the way I was living my life. What was also interesting to me was that when I noticed, when I focused on things that didn't matter to me, I had less energy, I felt drained, I was uninspired, I procrastinated a lot, I didn't get any traction as hard as I was working. And this is because I didn't know what mattered to me. And I was busy trying to hit too many other things so that I could say that I was accomplished because to me, And the way I had been programmed and raised is that my worthiness was based upon what it was I was producing and that I used that to fill me. So I happened at that particular time to come across Bronnie Ware's book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. Maybe you've heard of it before. She's written it and I was trying to, I didn't find the publishing date, but it's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty old. I think it came maybe 15 to 20 years ago, but it's still a very relevant book that's brought up today. But Bronnie was a care worker who worked with the dying in their last eight to 12 weeks of life. And in her discussions, she realized that there were themes that kept coming up specifically about people's regrets that they had as they were ending their life and looking back. The biggest regrets on their deathbed never had to do with wishing that they had achieved or accomplished more. And I have memorized these top five because I come back to them a lot and I'll summarize them here for you. The first one was that they wished they had the courage to live life more true to themselves rather than what other people expected of them to live to their own terms. The second was that they wish they had not worked so dang hard. The third was that they wish they had the courage to express their feelings. Today's words, we would say to be more vulnerable. The fourth was that they wished they'd stayed in touch with their friends. And the fifth was that they wished they'd let themselves be happier. Today, I translate that one and see it a lot represented by people just staying in the struggle because it's habit working hard for the sake of working hard. Again, having meaning that the harder something is to earn, the more valuable it is. And so they just make things difficult when they don't need to be difficult. What I also noticed when I went through these regrets at that time is that I, despite knowing that I was making many of the mistakes and that I would get to my end of my life probably saying some of those, is that I was refusing to change my ways. I had a real resistance and I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. Why? The reason that hit me was that this was in complete contradiction to the way I had been raised and the way I saw culture performing. Culture teaches us to live up to our parents' and society's expectations. It teaches us to work hard, to do as much as possible to spend our life trying to get ahead, to achieve, and that will make you happy. And even though I was profoundly aware in the moment that it wasn't true and that I wasn't, I was continuing to do it. Here's the reality. When we live by default, our life gets filled up with things that don't matter. And how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. 
You've heard a life unevaluated is one not worth living. So it's important to step back, evaluate, and get clear on what it is that's important to you. Notice if you have feelings right now of being drained or overwhelmed or burnout, or you're having a hard time getting traction, or maybe you're moving towards the last decade or two of your work world, and you want to know that you are living on purpose rather than default. If that's you, what I'm going to suggest to you is that you do this exercise. It's by Gay Hendricks, The Five Wishes, and it goes like this. Imagine tomorrow is your last day of life, and you're reflecting on what you regret or that you haven't experienced or maybe attempted, and you're going to list the five regrets you'd have by completing this one very simple statement. And it goes like this, you will write down, my life was not fulfilling because, and you will write out, again, as though tomorrow is your last day, my life was not fulfilling because, and write until you've exhausted it. You, and this is the other thing. Don't just think yourself through this. I mean, we can all think, okay, I get her point. I get the, the point of the exercise. They really write it down. We all know that there's power, first of all, in, in seeing our words. It's, and there's also power in actually the moving us, our, our brain through the exercise. So my life was not fulfilling because, and the step two, which is only the last step, very simple here, is you're going to tur- make those turnaround statements. And the next statement is going to be, my life was fulfilling because I, six words, my life was fulfilling because I fill in the blank. And it's going to simply be the opposite of what you wrote in step one. So if the first was, I regret or my life was not fulfilling because I didn't spend enough quality moments with my kids when they were home, you would turn that around to be, my life was fulfilling because I spent quality time with my children. You're starting with what you don't want and you're getting clear-minded on what you do. And I find that that's really easy, a much easier way because many people that I speak with say, well, I actually don't really know what I want. There's a, I'd say 75% of people don't really know what they want. This is just a great way at a top level to make sure that your life's going to align with this. I'm not telling you to leave your job or, or to start something crazy, but at least know what you're passionate about and what a life that matters to you looks like. Then you'll be able to turn it around and create a more specific one-year vision with the next step. I'm going to help you do that as well. So just start here. Imagine it's the end of your life. Next episode, I'm going to show you how to use what you know matters to you and then identify your specific passions, gifts, and take that into a one-year vision. If you're not subscribed to the podcast and you might not get it, then click subscribe here in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening. I've got some things to share that are really changing my clients' lives and impacting their work, and I want you to have them too. Also, I get lots of people who write me and I appreciate that, but what I'd love for you to do is to write a review about the podcast. That way we can get the word out of how to have a business and life that you love that's impactful along with the time and you want to do whatever it is that you want. I appreciate you. And I look forward to talking to you in my next episode. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 